0: We're glad you've joined us today for Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio teaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series called Holy Spirit in Me, Our Relationship Unleashed. And today we're going to listen to the second part of a message called Building a Strong Relationship with the Holy Spirit. Listen, the gospel, the cross, the resurrection gives us victory over sin. Now, I, I want to explain that for a minute because you're like, well, pastor, if I, <laughs> I love the Lord, but I don't feel like I'm having victory right now. Could you, could you kind of nuance that a little bit? Well, let me say this. I'm going to go back to World War II for a second here. My grandfather, I, when I was a kid, I used to I sit in his living room and he would tell me story after story after story. He was involved in D-Day. He was involved in the push through Europe. And uh, he loved telling stories. And I just loved sitting uh, right there. And he would just tell me story after story after story. And I remember him telling me this one story. He said, uh, most of you have heard the name General Patton. He's quite a character. And um, uh, my grandfather did not know him personally. I wasn't going to start a story in that direction. But anyways, Patton was had these tanks. And they were just blasting through for a certain period of time. And they would go like 50 miles a day, just blazing through the roads, pushing ahead, pushing the enemy back. Well, you can imagine what happened you can't move infantry out in 50 miles a day. And my grandpa described that there would be uh, pockets of resistance left behind uh, that weren't really a serious threat, but were still there and dangerous. And uh, I remember my grandpa telling me there was a mailman driving through delivering the mail, and all of a sudden got stopped by these Nazi soldiers. And uh, they didn't want the mail, they didn't want his gun, they just wanted gas and a truck. So that's what they got, and the mailman got pushed out, and uh, off they ran. They were just trying to survive behind the lines. Now, let me describe this. Our victory over sin really applies in two ways to that illustration. Listen, listen. The victory over sin is never in question. When Jesus Christ died and was raised from the dead, the permanent victory over sin was won a once and for all. We won. But here's the thing. There's some mopping up to do. Okay, And just as my grandfather described, there had to be some time of finding out the pockets of resistance still in play in our own lives. Uh, I would describe that as a dangerous a nuisance. Okay, The sin in our lives is still a nuisance, and it's more than just a nuisance. It's a dangerous nuisance. It's not changing the final score. Jesus Christ has won. If we've given our life to him, we have ultimately the victory your your eternity is not hanging in the balance that victory was won but you still got to get rid of the pockets of resistance so how do we do that well i think we need help Um, there's two ways we can address this we can address it in our own strength behaviorism well if i just if i just start some better habits i mean if i just start some better habits then I, i i won't get so worked up when that person says that you ever tried that um that sort of works once, or twice, or maybe for a little while. But behaviorism doesn't address the single most important thing in the battle with sin, which is the heart. If your heart doesn't change, you haven't changed. You've just tweaked how you approach it. And I'm going to tell you sooner or later, that heart, that flesh in you will come out again. The other way we can address it is by, uh, as Scripture would have us here, uh, we can turn to the Holy Spirit and ask for help. Okay, Because you can be the most mature Christian, you can be the most dialed-in believer, you can know the most verses, you can pray the longest, you can do all of that, but when your flesh begins to act up, you can still go into behaviorism and try to solve it in your own strength. Okay, That is the temptation we will all face. Or in that moment, you can turn to the Spirit, ask for the Spirit's help, and be led by the Spirit. That's a decision you will make probably, I don't know, 50 times a day for the rest of your life. You will face this battle, you will face this decision of do I try to solve my problems my way or do I do it in the power of the Spirit? That's a question that we need to answer. Let me give you, just quickly, two keys to victory, living out victory over sin as we address these pockets of resistance. How do I find victory, Pastor? I just keep wrestling with the same sins and the same things. How do I, what do I do? What do I do when I'm in that battle? Well, two things here. First, walk, be led, and keep in step with the Spirit. And you'd be like, well, that's really easy. No, it's not. But if you can master what we're going to talk about in the rest of this message, if you give your life and your heart to this, if you give yourself to being led by the Spirit, you will defeat the flesh. Whoever is led by the Spirit will have victory over the flesh. You will. Here's the second thing, and it's right here out of the text. We need to crucify the flesh. Okay, in this tug of war between the flesh and the spirit, and the flesh and the spirit, not only do we need to follow the spirit, we need to crucify the flesh. Look what verse 24 says. It says, And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Like, well, isn't that past tense, Pastor? Actually, in the Greek, it's active. It's describing an ongoing thing you're doing. You have to do it, you have done it, and you're going to have to keep doing it. Think about the concept of crucifixion. Think about what Jesus went through, what we've celebrated about two months ago. That Jesus Christ gave his life, was nailed to a cross, was beaten. Listen, that death, it's a lot quicker to die how Paul died. Sword, chop head off in eternity. That's not what Jesus endured for us. And the same is true with our victory over sin. It's a long, slow death. And it's one that we have to crucify ourselves, our own flesh. One guy described this. I thought this was great. A man named Brown. He said, The continual putting to death of the flesh with all its sinful passions and desires, he describes it this way, Crucifixion produced death, not suddenly, but gradually. True Christians do not succeed in completely destroying it, that is the flesh, while here below. But they have fixed it to the cross and are determined to keep it there until it expires. Sometimes we have this habit of putting our flesh on the cross, so to speak, but then pulling the nails out and trying to revive it again, don't we? And God calls us to walk by the Spirit and to crucify the flesh. How are we gonna do that, pastor? That's really hard. Well, let me give you some encouragement. Romans chapter eight says this, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Listen, the Holy Spirit is our brother in arms, is our co-combatant in this struggle. What's described in Romans, what's described here in Galatians, what's illustrated in our lives every day is the fact that this is gonna be a continuous thing for the rest of our lives, but we can have victory. We can have victory one moment at a time, one decision at a time. And I think we all realize the reality of that, living that out in our marriage, living that out at work, living that out in the real places in our lives is not always fun, but God calls us to not only live by grace and to live by his power, but to fight and to crucify the flesh in every way. I think most of us understand the role of the Holy Spirit in salvation. That the Holy Spirit comes into us at the moment of salvation. He leads us, opens our eyes to the gospel. We also know on the other end that um, in the Spirit, even within us, is awaiting and crying out for that moment when Jesus Christ will come. I tell you what; the more I read the newspapers, I don't even like listening. Sometimes I don't even want to listen to the news anymore. It's depressing. Let me tell you about murder number seventy-five in Columbus, or whatever. Like really, I don't. That's not encouraging me. So many things in our world are broken, and there's something in our hearts crying out for that day when justice will come, when Jesus Christ will rule and reign. where there'll be peace forever. But what about in this meantime? Well, in the meantime, we need a growing relationship with the Holy Spirit to be able to live with spiritual vitality, joy, peace, victory. Here, I want you to make a note of this: a growing relationship with the Holy Spirit, comes down to, uh, pause there, what, what's the key ingredient in relationship? Okay, help me out here, okay? Um, play Dr. Phil for a minute, okay? No, don't. Just help me out with the message, okay? What is the key ingredient in the term or concept of relationship? People, okay? What else? Spending time together, okay? What else? I hear a lot of communication. Any other votes? Trust. Trust, love. I'm going to say it's communication. Those of you who say communication, there's a special gift for you. out. No, I'm just kidding. Out in the lobby. Um, think about the word communication for a minute. You can't have a relationship, a good relationship with someone without communication. And you would be like, but what about love? Isn't love a key ingredient? Um, if you want a good relationship... But you can have relationships with all kinds of people that hate you, love you, whatever, but if you can't communicate, you have no relationship. Even your worst relationships require communication or you don't have anything. Think about this for a minute. I wanna look all the way from the mundane for a second all the way to, we might say, the most critical situation. For example, wives, think about with your husband. Think about if you could not communicate in any way with your husband. Just imagine what that would result in. Garbage bag and kitchen piled up. Oh, but we can't communicate. Another garbage bag st- and garbage bag because I can't say I can't even give them a dirty look. I can't even say <laughs> because that's communication, isn't it? Alright? I was just thinking about communication while we're driving, right? Um on that, that thing in the middle of your steering wheel, right? The horn. And maybe it wouldn't be so bad if we didn't have communication like that. I don't see. It seems that most of the use of that horn for communication is not positive. Um, but <laughs> then let's go a little bit more serious, right? A little more serious. Uh, father, it's Father's Day. Think about this, fathers. What if you were entirely unable to communicate with your children in any way? Even that, a little smile. You can't get no smiles. No hugs. No no communication. That's no relationship. Now think about even in a more serious picture for just a minute. Then think about the picture of a, of a, of a man about ready to propose to his hopefully future wife. And, and he gets down on his knee and he pulls out a gorgeous ring and he opens it up and says, Honey, will you marry me? And then you're the gal for a minute. That's the moment you've waited for. And suddenly all communication is cut and you can't communicate in any way. And you're stuck in time and you, you can't even say no. You can't say yes. You can't give any facial gestures. I'm telling you, the central part of relationship is communication. I wanna give you one more to think about because this is, I want you to begin to think, listen, uh, God is a father and he wants to communicate with his children. This is Pastor Luke Aarons. Maybe you've been listening to Meeting with God and wondering, how can I embrace the gift of salvation and follow Jesus Christ? Or I have some questions about Jesus and the journey of faith. We would love to answer any questions you may have or help you in taking the next step of faith. Let me encourage you to visit our church website, verticalchurch.life or visit one of our weekend services in Columbus near Route 315 and Henderson Road. I Think about now one last example. You're a parent. This is like a parent's worst nightmare. And you're standing out on your front porch. And your two-year-old is playing out in the front and suddenly kicks the ball in the street. And you begin to think, <gasps> and it's all playing in your mind. And you look to your right and you see a car beginning to fly up the street. And you begin to scream, but suddenly you can't communicate. Anything. And you watch your child go running into the street and narrowly get missed by a car. Okay? Can we all agree that communication is the key to relationship? We on the same page here? Well, now let's think about it from God's perspective. I love the verse. God is not silent. God demonstrates his love or shows his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. God is a father that communicates. Well, here's the problem. Often our communication with the spirit can feel more like a silent movie or a dream. Have you ever been in those dreams where you're like trying to run and you can't run? You ever had that one? Or you're trying to scream, but nothing's coming out, okay? Sometimes that, that I, I can't talk. I, that's sometimes the frustration that we uh, feel toward the Holy Spirit because we just like, how do I communicate with the Holy Spirit? I know he's God. I know we, we baptize people. We baptize him in the name of the Holy Spirit. But like you're telling me he's a person, Pastor? And how am I supposed to communicate? I feel like I'm stuck in a silent movie. I can't say anything. What am I supposed to do? Sometimes we feel frustrated or distant in our relationship with the Spirit. How does the Spirit speak? Let me give you five quick ways the Holy Spirit speaks. First, the Holy Spirit speaks through God's Word, John 14, 26. God's Spirit speaks to us through our conscience, convicting us of sin. God's Word speaks to us in our minds. John 16, 13, He guides us, He teaches us. How else does God speak to us? God speaks to us through People. God's word says that the spirit will come on people and, and they will communicate. That's prophecy. I, we have teenagers in here. God will often speak through your parents. I know that's hard to imagine. But God will often speak to you through your parents. God's working through the people in your life, speaking into your life if you'll listen. God speaks through leaders. God speaks through an impression, often on our heart or a spirit. God's word also says that God speaks through dreams and even visions, that's Acts chapter two. Now, now if God's word teaches us that the third person of the Trinity is speaking and communicating, what does that imply about us? Well, if somebody's speaking, it's implying that we're supposed to be listening. How do we listen? How do we hear? Pastor, how do I do it? I want to hear what the Spirit says. Let me give you a couple quick ways here that we can listen well led by the Spirit. Here's the first thing. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Romans chapter 8 says this. Romans chapter 8 verse 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. They're thinking about the flesh. They're thinking about those things. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. Another key to listening well is renewing our minds. Romans chapter 12. Here's another one. Take time to hear the Holy Spirit. Take time to hear the Spirit. Acts chapter 13, I just want to read this to you briefly. Acts chapter 13, verse 1, says this. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who is called Niger, Lucius the Cyrenean, Manian, a member of the court of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said... Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. You can read on so on and so forth. It's very interesting to me that in this text, they were worshiping and fasting and praying. Well, there's times where we just need to get away and let God speak to us. I don't know if they were expecting the Spirit to say anything or not. But they were got alone and they were with the Lord and they were worshiping. And I would tell you, when you're all fired up about vacation, and I am, we all need some time away, we need some beach time, need some family time. But here's the thing: make sure you have some time with the Lord. Make sure you get away for a day and just kind of just let the other things get away and just get some worship music and begin to pray or begin to read your Bible and begin to ask the Lord, what do you want for me in this next year? What are the priorities you have for my life in the next year? I'm not saying you're going to get a lightning bolt. I'm not going to say you're going to get a, suddenly get a text on your phone, you know, from the Holy Spirit. You know, move to Toledo. Or whatever. Okay? God, God doesn't speak like that. But I will say this. God wants to speak in big things rarely, in small things frequently. God's Spirit is speaking to us moment by moment. When I wake up in the morning and God puts something on my spirit of, you know what, why don't you go make your wife's tea just make that for her. That'll get her day started well. Uh, That's not always me. That's the Spirit. Or when it's late at night, and and, and, and I'm tired, and I just want the kids to bed so I can get a little quiet time, but why don't you go up with the kids and pray with them tonight, and just take five minutes and find out what's on there. That's the Spirit speaking. It's the little things like that where God is speaking frequently and if our antenna is up and we're listening and our mind is on the spirit and God's word is going through our minds, we have relationship and we can follow the leading of the spirit. Scripture also says, you can look this up on your own first, John chapter 4 says to test the spirits. And not everything that passes through our minds is the Holy Spirit, Scripture says, but that does not imply we're supposed to be afraid, it just means we're supposed to be careful. There's no question in my mind uh, that the Spirit is communicating with us. Here's the question. Here's the question. Are we listening? Are we listening? I have no question that God's Spirit is speaking to all of us this morning. The question is, are we listening? Are we listening? Am I following the direction of the Holy Spirit? A growing relationship with the Holy Spirit comes down to two questions. Here's the first one. Am I following the direction of the Holy Spirit? Okay, I'm telling you, sadly to my own shame, there's times where the Spirit's put things on my heart that I was like, "Eh." I don't want to hear that right now. You ever had that feeling? That was a terrible feeling because you're going to do something else knowing that you're like, I know that was God's Spirit wanting me to call that person and apologize or restore a relationship or say something encouraging, and I just kind of, I don't want that right now. That's grieving the Spirit, that's quenching a relationship. The question is, am I following the direction of the Spirit? Here, let me give you a couple quick questions to think about in your own life. Am I worshiping Christ wholeheartedly as God's Spirit leads me? The Spirit is here to give glory to Jesus Christ. Here's another one. Am I seeking to restore unity with fellow believers as the Spirit leads? Am I willing to embrace hope in Christ? Even in my pain and brokenness, have you told the Spirit, no, I'm, I'm, I'm too far gone, too far gone. And God's Spirit's trying to give you hope, and you're running from it. Here's the last question. Will I respond to the promptings of the Spirit and encourage a fellow brother or sister in Christ who needs it? Sometimes a little prompting of a person coming to mind I just pray for them. And if it keeps on your mind, send them a quick text. Hey, just thinking about you praying for you. I did that one time, and the person responded and said they were going through a big deal that day. I had no idea. I live states away from that person. And they come back, and there's big thing going on in their life. It's just so cool that the Holy Spirit set that up completely. I love what um, Francis Chan said. I think sometimes we get amped up about, uh, oh, uh, what's the Holy Spirit? What's God's will for my life? Does God want me in Miami, or does he want me in Columbus? Where... I love what he says right here. He says, I think a lot of us need to forget about God's will for my life. Oh, really? God cares more about our response to his Spirit's leading today, in this moment, than about what we intend to do next year. In fact, the decisions we make next year will be profoundly impacted by the degree to which we submit to the Holy Spirit right now in today's decisions. That is a huge statement. Are you listening to the Spirit? I want to say this. We're talking about relationship here. Relationship is a two-way street. And as God's Spirit is leading us and trying to bring us to a better place, if we're dragging behind, uh, we're saying a lot to the Holy Spirit. Maybe you feel like, well, I need strength. I can't keep up with the Spirit. Well, ask God. He'll give you strength. He'll give you grace. And the power of the Spirit will begin to work in your life as never before. Final question. I just said, are we following the direction of the Spirit? Now, here's the last question. Am I manifesting the fruit of the Holy Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and on and on could be said. Listen, is your heart in your life a lush, vibrant orchard filled with the fruit of the ministry of the Spirit? Here's a thought. The fruit of the Spirit is where the watching world can see the evidence of our relationship with the Spirit. Okay? People aren't in our heads, they're not hearing what the Spirit's convicting us of, they don't really, it's the fruit of the Spirit, my patience in a hard situation, it's my gentleness with, it's my love for someone, even that someone that's difficult in my life, it's my joy in suffering, that's what gives the watching world a sense that God is in that person, that God's Spirit is in them, that Jesus Christ has changed them, it's the evidence. Do you have the fruit of the Spirit? I like to think of it this way. We have a lot of talk in our world about not leaving a footprint. Leaving a footprint used to be a good thing on the beach. Now a footprint's a bad thing. You don't want to leave any footprint, so you know, buy a recyclable cup. All that aside, in my own life, in my prayer for your life, is that the footprint of the Holy Spirit will be evident If people look at your life and they don't see any evidence of the fruit of the Spirit, listen, maybe God's calling you today to begin to follow the Spirit for the first time in your life. Maybe you're like, well, I gave my life to Christ. I'm living by the Spirit. I'm alive. I have salvation. But I'm not really walking by the Spirit. I'm not really led by the Spirit. I'm not really keeping in step with the Spirit. I'm more like that cranky toddler that's always darting off to do my own thing. Listen, God's call for us today is to be led by the Spirit. That's where the joy comes. That's where the love comes. That's where the peace comes. The peace of God that passes all understanding comes as the Spirit is at work in us as we keep in step with the Spirit, as we have that relationship with the Spirit, as we're listening. You know, Yeah, I I don't think that thought came from me because I'm not thinking that thing toward that person right now. I'd really like to give them a in one way or another it's the spirit at me saying no no turn the other cheek and love them that's the spirit let's be a church where the footprint of the spirit is evident amen thank you so much for listening to meeting with god the radio ministry of vertical church in columbus ohio located at 1290 old henderson road Meeting with God is a listener-supported ministry which strives to share the good news of Jesus Christ each day. Our prayer is that this radio program will lift people's eyes and hearts to our Savior, Jesus. If you would like to be a part of the Meeting with God team of financial donors who make this ministry possible, please visit our website, verticalchurch.life. We are thankful for your partnership in the gospel, and as always, we hope to meet you back here at the very same time tomorrow for your Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.